And this is visiting in for a episode on the Perfect Edge. This is Eric Trembicki, Act Two Fly, and I'm coming through with a message that hard work pays off, dreams come true, bad times do not last, but bad guys do. That's why I'm here for the twelfth episode of the Perfect Edge. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Well, we, this has been a long. This has been like three episodes this, in the I, at least, at least, this is a long time coming. This is a little fun for you and I. We've been trying to put this together for a while, and uh, I'm excited to be here. It's like, um, it's like a a, a boy's, you know, a boyhood dream come true. Exactly. WrestleMania 12, episode 12. The listeners didn't even know that they wanted this, but they've been waiting for it. Oh, I'm telling you, there are, there are listeners that have been clamoring for you and I to get together for some audio gold this is finally it so i mean i'm i'm, I'm not a fan of donnie check, check your check your spam folders i'm telling you my spam folder has been has been riddling since you're uh, unsanctioned they wanted you and i together oh really so yeah i'm telling you this is this is this is magic i'm gonna have to check that out man i didn't i didn't know it was that big of a deal but uh i mean i'm not mad at it because you know we're pretty big deals and pretty big hills anyway so uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, man. A lot of wrestling to talk about, really. Coming uh, off a summer banger of a weekend. Uh, Saturday, yes. Sunday, in the words of Alo, we'll get to that. <laughs> so uh, let's just jump right into what I guess I don't see why not. We have NXT Brooklyn Three, which I was texting our good friend uh, Prep the Gun Junior that night, and he said this may possibly be the top three NXT takeover. I believe Derek and Russ have said this is the best or it's debatable to be the best. I personally think this is the best takeover ever. Well, I know I, and I believe you addressed it. I took the reins on the uh, Matt Madness um, Twitter account say that this was the, w- with no doubt, this was the best um, NXT takeover for Brooklyn. Um, if you want to argue or if you want to debate that it was the best one ever, the only ones I think that are going to re- rival it would be the glory days of when TakeOver aired on a Wednesday. This was gold, top to bottom, and uh, I enjoyed re-listening to your episode, your most recent episode, where one of your matches, which you had the, and not at a knock to the match, but you had the, you know, it was a little bit of the build and a little bit of you not watching recent products, and don't get me wrong, neither have I. Um, Andrade Cien Almas and Johnny Wrestling, in my opinion, I don't want to say it was the best match because I don't want to go that far immediately, but it was definitely one of the best matches, and everyone and anyone can argue what was the best match. They stole the show early on with a great wrestling match. Uh, great false finishes. I enjoyed that right off the, the beginning. 
and it it was off to the races. Yeah, it was definitely. Um, and I, I I don't know if you saw it, but I definitely posted on social media like these two like they definitely put on a clinic like they yeah. really like were putting it all out there. And I was glad to see that because I know a lot of people have been down on um, Amos for a minute now, and like I, I see the potential that he's has. And I'm glad that you know him and Gargano were able to put on a really really dope match. And like I mean personally, I'm, I don't I don't I haven't really thought about which match was the best match on that card because that card completely. It, well. It's hard. It's hard. I, and it's one of those things where it's it's kind of you know where you look at Sunday where a lot of people are arguing about three different matches out of fourteen to pick what was the best match. And it's like when you pick three out of 14, it's like, oh, okay, well, if you think those three, uh, okay, if it's one of those three, you're okay. But when you're looking at, geez, what was Saturday? Five matches? Six? Uh, yeah, five. five? One, two. So you're thinking five matches, yeah, five. and it honestly, genuinely is hard to pick what was the match of the night. It's just, uh, it was a good pay per view overall for me. Yeah, I mean, Overall, top to finisher in NXT, there's zero I can say bad about it. I mean, with the the surprises and you know with the uh, with Red Dragon, I don't want to say debuting, but oh debuting God. together oh uh, after a tag God. match, and you know obviously that's a little bit of jumping ahead. I mean, the tag match was amazing. They did the surprise with the um, Freebirds rule, but not really using the Freebirds rule where it was. You know, sanity challenging for the NXT tag titles, but everyone. Well, I'm sorry. When I say everyone, I know I assumed who would be oh, representing yeah. sanity, and I did not think Eric Young would be part of that tandem. And then Eric Young tags in, and it was great. It was a it was a great, well executed um, way to tra- transfer the tag titles. It was also, you know. Alters of Pain remain looking strong. Yeah, NXT, and, the tag division right there just looks so strong. Your yeah. thoughts? I mean, I, I definitely thought that was really good that, you know, with the Eric Young tagging, having Killian Dane up there, and then Eric kind of hopping up and saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm in the match. So I thought that really caught a lot of people off guard. That was like, I don't even, I popped for that. Like, I don't, it wasn't even that. I don't, I don't know if I made, anybody else thought that was a big of a deal, but I did. So when he tagged me, I was like, oh, snap. Like, Oh, uh, I, I popped. I popped. I thought it was huge. And that was, I, th- I, I got to think the consensus for every and anybody is that that was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather Eric go for the NXT title, but, I mean, I guess if they're going to hold those tag titles for a while, they'll just free bird it out, and then Eric will go and win that title if need be. Me too. I also, at the same time, and I don't know as much for you, and I know when the topic comes up around, you know, uh, when we get to the heavyweight title and the champion going into NXT, you know, when we talk about a lot of those mainstays from TNA and the guys that put the years and the years into the company, and that's where they developed their self. You know, I tip my hat off to them. If they made their self a household name to some extent in that company, such as Eric Young, because if you would have asked me three or four years ago, what, what's my thoughts on a guy like Eric Young or Bobby Roode, and I'll go so far to say AJ Styles coming over, I didn't care because it's like I would almost say I was naive enough to just be worried about, I don't want to say a part-timer coming back, but – I was worried about them putting over a new 
a new developing star and or someone coming back, such as we could say someone as low as a rock or I don't want to say, I'm sorry, as high as a rock or as low as a RVD who came back in what was 2013. I wanted them to push the guys that put the company on the map or bring these new guys up. So when you're talking about these guys that were in TNA and that's where they were, you know, that was TNA's bread and butter unless they were stealing a WWE star. I I didn't think much of it. Um, Eric Young obviously has pushed himself and, and, and I'm sorry, he's proved himself in the NXT development. He's done great with sanity and you would think he's someone that should be running at the NXT world title. You think of when Samoa Joe came over and he had that beautiful line. He came over, he cut the promo on Joe. They had the match on NXT TV and he points at the NXT title and says, I collect those. And yeah. I, I thought that was gold. And Absolutely. I, I recognized the guy. I knew the name. I thought it was good. But I think this was great. They made the smart choice pointing him in there and not to knock any of the lower guys in sanity, but it kind of me as I don't want to call myself a fair weather NXT fan, but me, someone trying to get reinvested in NXT, I automatically kind of care a little more. Like here's, here's a guy that's fresh for, for the, um, you know, or I'm sorry, here, you got a fresh faction with sanity and these are th- two fresh males, one fresh female. And meanwhile, you got Alexander Wolf. That's his name, correct? The other guy that won the title with him? Yeah. I'll tell you, going into that match, I knew there was, I knew the big fella's name, I knew the woman's name, and I knew Eric Young, who's been around, I knew their name, but I did not know this guy's name. So my, I'm thinking the big guy who is barely undefeated and Wolf, we're going to be the ones leaving with the titles if Sanity would. They made a great choice, and Alexander Wolf did amazing in the match. He's even the one that got the pinfall, and I thought that just was the best way to keep the faction looking strong, and it was the best way to push him mm-hmm. because he's the overthought with the faction. Yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much feel the same way. Like I, I immediately thought that Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane were going to be the ones to compete and get the titles. Um, but I think uh, that uh, that definitely helped Alexander Wolf out in that match. It definitely shined a little light on him and uh, got got people a little invested in what he was doing. Um, yeah. Especially for them to be authors of pain, that's definitely a big deal because they've had that title for quite some time now. Um, and they they pretty much did their thing in, in the match too and, and, and made them look good as well. Um, as far as a lot, as far as a lot of the TNA guys who are coming over, who've been there for a minute now, I, me personally, I was not worried about them because I actually watched TNA. I don't remember it vividly, but I know I watched back in that time when Joe and Styles and everyone was over there, probably before and, the main event mafia days. Um, yeah, and I, and I, I tip my hat to you knowing that knowledge. I mean, that's something where I would knock myself to some extent, like. When those guys, not to cut you off, when those guys transition to the WWE, to NXT, I don't know what to expect because, you know, TNA, some would say they built their glory years off of using outdated WWE stars. Meanwhile, there is a crop of guys that 
they did build, but at the same time, they didn't use them to the main event spot. They should have right away. And that's what, you know, that is exactly what you're getting at. And that's what I feel like, you know, obviously most people say they should have done more of, but there's a lot of those guys I don't know about or I'm not knowing about until now. Yeah, I mean, I watched, like, a lot of the early AJ Styles stuff before he had a beard and the soccer mom haircut and Joe <laughs> before he became Joe. So, like, I watched when they were, like, really, like, early in their years doing a lot of stuff before a lot of the older uh, WWE guys. Basically, TNA, to my opinion, and ALO could probably check me on this later, TNA pretty much got to the template of what WCW got to where they started signing a lot of the talent from the WWE that weren't there anymore. And no, I, I would agree with that. I don't know if that more so killed them contractually, but I think eventually like people stopped watching for whatever reason they stopped watching, and then it started going downhill from there. Mm. Well, it's a shame. It's a shame, but it is what it is, and that's that's where they got us where we're at now. So, um... But, um... Moving on next, we got Aleister Black versus uh, Hideo Tommy. So, yeah, I mean, g- going into that match, uh, I, and again, um, re-listening to your most recent episode, I think we both were in, you know, similar circumstances. I don't think you had a lot of care for this match, or I'm sorry, maybe it was mainly towards Hideo Tommy. you didn't have a lot of care for. And it, I guess in my heart, knowing how long he's been with NXT – it's one of those things where I, I got a lot. I had a little bit of feelings like, hey, you know what? I, I want this guy, this guy to stride and make the best of whatever he can. But at the same time, it's like, eh, you know, how far is he going to go? Meanwhile, Alistair Black is so good. I, I recently listened to him on uh, one of the other few wrestling podcasts uh, with, with Sean Waltman. And, uh, I mean, he he's one of those guys, it, it's easy to become a fan of him when you hear the man talk. Um, and I don't know about you, um, Don, I, I know you're, you're a big guy, but when you watch him on TV, does he seem as small as he actually is? And when I say small, I mean that loosely because he's obviously bigger than me. I mean, he's built at, I believe, 205 evenly. Um, I think he's six, maybe he's six, five. I don't know whatever he is. He's tall, but he's a lot lighter than he looks. Can you tell that when you watch him perform? Um, yeah, he's definitely, you can tell he's, he's, he, I mean, obviously you can tell he's tall. You, um, he seems very lean. He doesn't seem like super big, but, um, I definitely think that, you know, you can tell he's, he's lean, but not like super small guy. So. Yeah, and it's one of the main things. Like, I, I guess it's got to be his height. I mean, when he, he made the debut in NXT, and you got to see some of those cool springboards off the rope. And, you know, the whole persona he plays where, you know, the eerie, at least the way I interpret it, eerie, calm, cool, and collective. You know, he comes out with the tattoos, and he could just fold in the center of the ring, you know, in the leg style. And it's, it, it doesn't matter him what's going on. And when he's going to hit someone, it's going to hurt whoever he's hitting. Um, I think to do a great job with him, and I hope they continue to stride. Yeah. Um... I, I mean, I enjoyed the match. Um, it's one of those matches where I didn't – I don't want to say I had high expectations of it, 
because I sure as hell didn't have low expectations. I didn't know what to expect going into it. And I was overly impressed from, you know, with, with no expectations going into it. It's one of those things. It's like, all right, what's Hideo going to do, you know, despite all his injuries, despite everything he's been through? Was at the same time, what, what's this guy, Tommy N, Alistair Black, what's he going to do? in this match with this guy that's been in NXT for so many years and he's trying to make a name for himself. And I thought they, they definitely delivered more than what anyone should have expected, or at least, uh, uh, you know, right on par. True. I mean, I got to go back and watch it again and see if, cause I mean, upon initial watching, like I just more so still felt like, okay, I'm watching this for Oscar black. I didn't necessarily feel too, Tied into Hideo Tommy, but I maybe yeah. it's being hard on him, so maybe I need to watch it all over again. And I and I can understand that if if that was the case for you. So I think I, I definitely need to go back and watch that. Um, moving on, we have Oscar versus Amber Moon for the NXT Women's Championship. And um, I, I mean, it was a great match. It's it's. It's kind of what I it's what I wanted. I I definitely wanted Ember Moon to take the title and to see if what they were going to do with Oscar if they were going to slowly move her in or just move her in or what. But um Oscar keeping the title uh not really mad at that either. Um you know, it's one of those things I'm not going to lie and it's not because I'm an avid fan of Ember Moon. It's one of those things when you get so far in a illustrious title reign Similar to what the New Day did recently, you almost want every time, and not anything anti-New Day or anti-Oscar, every time they defend it, you almost want them to lose it. Not to be against them, but it's almost, you know, you want to see that, that big feel moment of history. Because they're break Oscar every day, right now, we're recording this on a Wednesday and we are, there's history going on right now. Oscar has the title for another day. So history is being made. So if she's defending the title, whether it's against Ember Moon, whether it's against Jill Sampson, a jobber from Louisiana, it doesn't matter because if Jill Sampson from Louisiana can somehow dethrone her, you're going to see history being made. So you're invested on every title, every title match. So, you know, I know you, you wanted Ember Moon to win me. I wanted Ember Moon to win just for the history factor. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, I've known a lot about Ember Moon's career or what she's done thus far. All I know is she seems to be a formidable opponent. She seems to be somebody that, could possibly dethrone Asuka. And I will tell you that match floored me. It is one of, it's more proof that every year, if you want to watch one of the top three, if not the number one women's wrestling match of the year, you know, 2018 rolls around. Hmm. What was the best women's wrestling match of the year? I don't know. But here, if you want to narrow it down, start with Brooklyn NXT. Because if you go back to the past three years, one of the greatest women's wrestling matches every year, top three, if not the number one, is from NXT Brooklyn. Absolutely. Um, 
I don't know. I, th- I, I definitely thought the match was great. Um, I mean, they pretty much put it all out there, what I wanted to yeah. see from them, too. In a match. Yeah, I mean, um, in the false finishes, everything. Great. Her uh, Oscar kicking out of the, the uh, Total Eclipse or whatever. I forgot what it's called. I think it's the Total Eclipse or Full Eclipse. You and me you and me both. I'm mixed up about these eclipses these days. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but the Eclipse and Oscar kicking out, like, that was a big, big false finish there. So um, just even seeing that, I was like, all right, Oscar kicked out. I don't know what else to think at this point. Plus, commentary doing a good job on pointing over. They put over how big of a deal it was that she kicked out. Absolutely. Speaking of commentary, um, Alistair Black and Hideo Tommy, that was the one that JR came out and, and commentated for, right? You make a really, really good question there. I want to say you're right. I think it was that one. Because um, it, it was a non-title match, and it wasn't, you know, there wasn't so many matches on the card, so I almost feel like that's got to be it, because the only other non, uh, non-title, there, you know, there's three titles, there's five matches, uh, Andrade and uh, Gargano, uh, Jim Ross wasn't out there for that, so you, you would think that had to be the, the Black and Tommy match, and yeah. Yeah, I, I was very curious on why they brought him out for that one instead of the title match or for Oscar versus Amber Moon. Um, you know, so, someone in my prediction for that um, has to be somewhat of putting over the lower card matches slash, I believe JR has, I, I, I heard the number the other day, I don't know if it's 21, it was an odd number, but he has X amount of dates he has to do for WWE. So I can see why in these NXT and these, you know, the May Young Classic or if it be, you know, UK tournament, if there's the odd match. They got to put him in there. And, you know, you, you would feel like what they did with Roadblock a few years ago when they mix it up and it's um, the main roster and NXT or one pay-per-view. That's when you got to use him because as much as 21 doesn't seem like a lot, or to some, I know to me when I'm like, wow, 21, JR, that, that's a lot of dates for well, him he's to doing, have to. He's doing the Mae Young Classic too with Lita, I believe. Is it, is it just, yeah, I guess it is just the two of them. Yeah, which, I thought which that, I'm super happy about because I'm super passionate about women's wrestling, especially like like right now. Like That's mostly yeah. stuff I'm watching. Like, I'm super happy that JR is doing the commentary. Yeah. I think Rachel Ellering personally wanted you to do the commentary, but that's just my thoughts. I mean, I would love to do the, the commentary for it, but you know, I'm all booked up, so well, maybe you gotta talk time. to her. You got to talk to her about that, not me. We'll have a conversation later. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely will, but um, yeah, um, we'll talk about the the May Young Classic too. I want to get into that a little bit because I'm super super psyched about that. Um, last but not least, on the uh, Brooklyn card, we have Drew McIntyre. Versus the glorious Bobby Roode. Uh, to be honest, I more so. I, I'm one of the people I like Bobby Roode, but I feel like I feel like Drew carried that match a little bit. You know, I I guess I can almost agree in that sense. I like Bobby Roode, and you know. I think I may have got into this on Mad Madness one week where when he debuted, you know, people love him. And I definitely don't dislike the guy, but it's one of those things where it's like, what is it about him that people freak about? Is it the entrance? entrance. He's like, 
And I, I almost want to be so rude to say, like, he doesn't have the Nakamura entrance. Like, why do people love his entrance so much? Because and the theme music is amazing. The, the theme music is amazing. But you pointed out last week, he doesn't have the greatest move set out there. And it's, it's one of those, like, the, the match was good. It was entertaining. I, and you're probably right. Maybe I just don't want to be negative. I don't want to say that McIntyre carried him the whole match, but the match wasn't amazing. I mean, I got halfway through the match and I'm watching. I'm like, wow, this is really, um, I guess, you know, this is the difference between a, you know, NXT doesn't have it, but this is the difference between a, you know, classic intercontinental championship division uh, match and a um, WWE main event where it's kind of slow. It kind of drags. The blows are supposed to hit hard. You know, kind of that, like, attitude era where, like, The Rock and Austin, you know, the match could go on long. And as much as I love both of those guys I'm mentioning, the um, the action could get sluggish at points. But meanwhile, if you look earlier in the, cr- in the card, you could have got, you know, some action-packed match, such as if we talk about the opener with Almas and Gargano. Uh, overall, it's one of those things. We talked about the tag title match earlier. They changed hands. We got, I guess, a secondary debut with Bobby Fish and O'Reilly. And then afterwards in the match, I mean, what people were clamoring for for weeks, if not months, with the debut of Adam Cole. I mean, they couldn't have done it any better. Absolutely not. I mean, um, well, uh, for one, um, I think that just, and this is just interest-wise, I actually like Drew McIntyre's interest more with the bagpipe guys, and I just felt, I, I truly felt like the Scottish heritage and, like, like pouring through my television at night, like, is <laughs> oozing, like, Scottish heel work. Like, and I don't even know if they necessarily think he's a heel, like, because I like McIntyre. No, he's style. definitely a baby face. So I don't know exactly. Well, he he, you know, the dark gear and the you know the the looks that he gives, and he's yeah. just coming from out of the indies as a heel. So like that's why I still see him as as he is. But um, I don't know. I just I mean I obviously wanted Drew to take the title. I felt like it was time. I feel like Bobby is more groomed for the main roster anyway. Um, yeah. And just because of the entrance and the the look and everything, he obviously is groomed for main roster stuff. So I just felt like you know it's time take it off Drew. Oscar's probably not gonna go up. Send Bobby up. He's more so groomed for, especially right now. He can go win the SmackDown and fit in. And I, I'm glad he went to SmackDown. I'm super glad he went to SmackDown. I, I I hear you, and I can see that. Uh, and it's one of those things. Obviously, you know, uh, on the weekly show we put over on how um, how flooded Raw is. So of course, I'm happy if anyone shows up on uh, on SmackDown. It seems like it's a better place, despite the um, time lapse they have. It's definitely the better spot for any new new star to go to. Um, the match was good for what it was. Um, I definitely didn't hate it. Um, I don't necessarily want to say I have a nitpick because it's two guys I'm not overly familiar with. Uh, McIntyre is good. And I, I will tell you, when I got back into the WWE product X amount of years ago, he was someone I obviously saw nothing in. When he got let go, and I'm I'm just going to put my honesty out there. When he got let go, I didn't care. I didn't think WWE lost something. And a year ago, 
maybe even less when he was cutting promos with EC3 about how WWE screwed him and WWE doesn't care and how WWE dropped the ball on both of them. I was like, wow, you know, this guy is just, you know, so petty. But really, you see, (laughs) but, but you really see like, but it's one of those things. I I don't even want to put, I I can't co-sign that because it's one of those things. We said this last week. Sammy Callahan is one of those things, and, and, and don't get me wrong, McIntyre could be similar, where McIntyre had a shitty, I'm sorry if I can't use that word on your show, Donnie, but he had a shitty character in WWE. It was terrible, 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 terrible. He leaves, he goes to the Indies, he, he goes to, was it TNA where he was, quote-unquote, a traveling world champion, correct? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. So, so he goes to TNA and he wants to travel with the world title. And, you know, he wanted to pay homage to 20, 25, 30 years ago when world champions traveled from, you know, um, Indy to Indy or to, you know, different territories. And he wanted to defend the title. And he had the right mindset there. And not only that, but he was in the gym, similar to his friend Jinder, you know, your boy, Jinder Mahal, the modern day Maharaja. So I'm not even going to try to pronounce it correctly, but you know, while he's bulking up, they both bulk up. They both come back. And obviously higher ups in WWE saw that there was something to give back to these guys. And they put both of them over high. After April, earlier this year and after two weeks ago in August, Sammy Callahan is a different scenario. Sammy Callahan is not a former intercontinental championship. I'm sorry, intercontinental champion like Drew McIntyre. Um, Sammy Callahan was a terribly booked low card NXT character. And, oh man, if people are listening to this, they may hate the way I word this, but he is someone that was, I don't know, born in the wrong generation. Um, uh, he is someone, if, if he was someone, if he was someone that was in the attitude era and could have started in the hardcore division, absolutely. he could have potentially went from there to a higher mid card division to even a mid event. Um, I said this to myself. I've said this to friends. I've said this to Sammy Callahan. Um, The past four years, I've attended a lot of wrestling events. And maybe like four years, maybe three years specifically. WWE, non-WWE. And um, Lodan, you were there with me April earlier this year. The main event. I mean, we saw the Raw Tag Team Champions in the ECW arena against Bubba Ray Dudley and Tommy Dreamer. And I, as you know, I was pretty drunk at that point. And the match ends, and I'm like, wait a minute. This is I feel like there's people that were still advertised. What's going on? And they're they're saying this it's not over. They're telling me it's not over. And you got Pentagon Jr. versus Sammy Callahan. Yes. In what I will argue is the greatest wrestling match i've ever watched live hands down i said i I said this to sammy callahan two weeks ago and he he thanked me he was very kind he was very gracious he appreciated the words i said to him 
And then he said, with all due respect, you should have seen this match we had in Texas. I believe he mentioned there was a stipulation to the match. I, I have an idea of what he said it was, but I don't want to misword it. I'll find it. If Pentagon's so I will in it, say, I'll definitely find it. Yeah, all, all I will say is I appreciate him speaking so kindly to me. But at the same time, Pentagon Jr., I, I know my heart was broken when we were there two weeks ago and he wasn't on the card. Oh my Pentagon God. Jr., Sammy Callahan, House of Hardcore, April 2017. If you haven't watched it, go to Flow Slam, order the DVD, order the DVD, just do that. And I will tell you, if you're listening to this, it's one of the greatest matches you'll ever watch, um, especially if you're into the hardcore type of wrestling match. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a story behind it as it went on. I, it was a great match. You know, I'm running on, an, on a tangent. No, it was Sammy, Ca- it's, 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 it's Sammy Callahan is one of those guys. He's, if it wasn't for the Indies and post-WWE, it, it could have been the greatest blessing to ever happen to him. And one of the greatest blessings that can potentially ever happen to WWE is if they bring him back one day, as he is now, as what the Indies has made him, it, it'll be so good. Yeah, I think um, I think that was definitely the best thing for him. That match, I mean, I don't care about you ranting because that's the best match I've ever seen live, personally. Um, and I told Penta that after when we when we talked to him afterwards that night. And I mean, I don't know, I don't even know if he understood what I said to him, um, but. It, Honestly, brother, I was if if you're saying if you're telling me you said it to him after the match, nine ninety percent sure I was probably right next to you. I was just probably too drunk to remember it. Yeah, I definitely told him I don't even know because I couldn't even understand what <laughs> he was saying per se. So I, don't even, I just like, dude, good match, great match, amazing match, <laughs> the best match I've seen live for sure. Like he was saying, thank, thank you. And then I was asking him something. He yeah, was saying, he, uh, and he was saying stuff in Spanish. I was like, I really wish I knew Spanish right now because I don't know what he's saying, <laughs> but I, I want to know what he's saying right now. But uh, super heartbroken. He went He's de- he's definitely like my favorite wrestler right now. So like everything, I've I've skimmed through the season of Lucha Underground, but I'm pretty sure I've seen every Pentagon match in Lucha Underground. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, you know that. Um that very fine organization with Lucha Underground. I mean, they, it was one of those things that kind of introduced me to him. I, um, I got to see a little bit of, I'm, I don't even want to say see a little bit of him. I heard about him a little bit on social media and I'm not going to lie. It was not until Lucha made his debut or Netflix that I was able to get familiar with him. And I was immediately impressed with him and several of the other masked luchadors that were on the show yeah i went um uh youtube a lot of uh of his stuff in triple a triple a itself is an amazing or uh, uh wrestling organization like just oh my god if you if you haven't watched it not, not even just you but listeners if you haven't watched anything from triple a which is the uh the mexican wrestling uh, organization that a lot of the lucha underground guys wrestling please go on youtube Triple A wrestling. Um, the female uh, wrestling there is amazing. Uh, the male wrestling, the wrestling just period there is just amazing. So go and check that out. Oh, well, Don, you know, I, I had to point out again for all your listeners, um, just in case they're they're mainly hardcore WWE fans. Any wrestling you can watch, non WWE that you hear Donovan point out, listen to it or watch it, watch it because it's going to be something that'll impress you. 
Yeah, it's amazing, man. Like I'm like I watched um uh Johnny Mundo versus uh Pentagon Jr. and I'm pretty sure this was last year at uh Triple Mania. And the storytelling throughout the match was great, the, the, the moves throughout the match was great. And even though this is one person I do hope goes back to the WWE because I want to see him, you know Johnny. I want to see him AJ Styles. You know what? And I, I don't know. I, I guess and you know, I'm sure you have your own opinion on it, because I know what I'm going to say is just an opinion. Because when I got back into WWE, I guess it was towards, like, his last six. It was less than a year of his WWE career. Um, but I remember I remember his, like, last six months or so. And he was one of those guys, you know, similar to, like, Adolf Ziggler, where, like, he's so good in the ring, and he's easy for you to get behind. And you want so much more for the guy. And, and I know when I started watching Lucha Underground, it was one of those things where it's like, geez, man, I hope this guy comes back because, like, there's so much more for him. It's not like he's a grizzled old vet. It's not like he's someone that's, like, ready to, you know, wave the flag and say, hey, I'm done. He's obviously got more in the tank. And I can't tell if there's, you know, bad blood there or what it is or a mix of emotions, but he obviously didn't achieve everything he wanted to. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just like, like even his, uh, his fiance, Taya, like that's somebody who should have been in the, uh, in, in the May Young Classic. Like she's a beast as well. Yeah. So just like yeah. you bring her into yeah. the fold, you bring Johnny back. Like that's two characters that you know that you can even if she doesn't win a classic, you can put her up in the main roster with him and do amazing things with. Like WWE at this point, like it's apparent that if they don't know what to do with you, leave, go to the indies or go to somewhere else, build up your character, and then once they come back, if that's if that's something that you truly want to do, then do that. Because look at Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes left, joined the Bullet Club, getting titles everywhere, doing amazing things. And it's just like, this is somebody that y'all wanted to keep inside of a, of a, a Stardust costume. So, <laughs> and, like, he did that well. He was entertaining with that. and But Cody Rhodes is entertaining with everything they gave him he was entertaining with. So yeah. you, you allow him to leave and then go join the biggest faction in wrestling right now. And he's soaring. So it's just like, you know, it just goes to show the proof that if you don't have a gimmick or you don't do stupid things, that WWE may not know what to do with you. Ah. I, I agree tenfold, and it's one of those things to kind of backtrack to what you said about Taya. I mean, I'll be honest, with um, Lucha Underground's current product, I'm not completely up to date. It's one of those things I mentioned with um, with them being on Netflix. That's when I first got familiar with them. I'm actually on season two, just where she's debuting, and John, Johnny, um, I'm sorry, not John Morrison, Johnny Mundo introduces her against Brian Cage. She goes on a one-on-one match and takes a suplex from the ring apron outside of the ring through a table, and you can just tell this girl's tough. Yeah. Not just that, and I'm, I'm going to point out, she's she's hot. Oh, man, I, she's probably the biggest female I have, crush I have on wrestling right now. now uh, she now, definitely took Molina's place. She definitely took Molina's place. <laughs> now, Donnie, what if you say that? Uh, to my knowledge, uh, your first house of hardcore was this past April, correct? Yes. If if I'm correct, and I know either uh, ALO or Prep, someone will correct me, but I'm 99% sure it was this past December 
It was the only, well, I'm sorry. It was the only Friday uh, Philadelphia House of Hardcore event that I have attended. Um, it was a, the main event was a steel cage match with Broken Matt Hardy and Dreamer. Which but earlier on the card, it was Sammy Callahan's girlfriend versus Taya. Oh Taya God. came out there and I fell in love. I mean, she came out there, she had the Lucha Underground gear on. Her tail was exposed. I mean, you, you, it was hook, line, and sinker for me. Uh, meanwhile, I'm not going to uh, mention, well, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to lie, I am going to mention. I was actually there with a sinus infection. I'm sick. And I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm telling you, I was half asleep front row. And Prep can attest to this. I literally woke up out of a sickness sleep like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, I thought, I thought I died and there's a goddess in front of me trying to talk to me. Yo, she I'm, I'm, looks amazing. Yeah, front row, she looks even better. And Johnny Mundo put a ring on it and he is a very, very smart man. He ain't no dummy. That's that. That was another. That was more proof. Or not. if Disc- anyone, ha- you know, question liking him, that should all the proof they needed. However, disclaimer: we're both taking men and our ladies. We love you both dearly. If you're listening to this show, we love you. Um. Anyway. Yes. Uh, my- <laughs> Put that disclaimer out there because we no problems at home. You know. Yeah. So uh, my, gonna- my, wife, my wife's Puerto Rican. That may be a little well known, and I'm you know I'm not trying to catch that heat, but my girlfriend is black, so. <laughs> women of color we will say the other anyway so uh let's move on to summer we can go through this car real quick uh you know it is what it is or uh, how about this how about how about we skip to i guess like uh what you would you say was either the top three or four tops matches i like that because there's only about a three or four matches on here that i did care about so and um, there was only a it was only a 14 match card only, yeah, only four. This is what I'm saying. Listen, you give SummerSlam 14 matches. Honestly, if you added more matches to that NXT Brooklyn card, I, would have, I wouldn't have cared to watch a, a good three- or four-hour show for NXT Brooklyn. Yeah, and it's one of those things, and I, I will say 100%. I don't want to say 100%, but a little bit of like where we're just making the, the you know references to Taya and how good-looking she is. You know, I'm a fan of Liv Morgan, not just because, you know, she's a – attractive attractive woman but you know she's a wrestling fan and you know she's putting the work in there i feel like there was something is it just me could they have not done something with the lower card of the the women's division they could have done something i'm me personally i'm not a fan of Liv morgan not a fan of i mean she's dope but she just doesn't really do anything for me and i don't want to say she doesn't do nothing you know wrestling wise it's just one of those things and you know, I'm maybe that may I don't want to say I'm old school for it, but uh, or maybe I'm hopeful. I just look at it like I semi. Uh, I believe in the ones that start in WWE and can get m- not just more into it, but get better. Yeah, and I think she she's one of them. Yeah, she definitely um, could have been on the card. There's there's plenty of women who even from the May Young Classic are signed. That could have been a good little spotlight to throw one or two of them out there. Or yeah, exactly. The ones who signed put them in some sort of battle royal or something. Like yep, yep. There was plenty of room to do that, but you know, yeah. I mean, I, Triple H knows what he's doing, and clearly, and Vince, if you're listening, Triple H is definitely beating you. He's doing the better job. Let's just be honest here. Um, definitely, no doubt. But uh, but, but uh, here, if you don't like, if you don't mind, my first input. Um, I don't know if you saw the pre-show, 
Um, I know I did not see the cruiserweight and the SmackDown tag match. Uh, I know a lot of people on social media, a lot of our good buddies um, within the Mad Madness, they're advocating that the SmackDown tag title match was one of the top two, if not top three matches. My opinion, I'm going to go with um, the Raw tag title match, the SmackDown, I'm sorry, the Universal Championship match, and if I wanted to cut it dry with three matches to be invested in it, and I'm not going to go in ring in spe, um, in ring perspective because I think there should be a fourth match thrown in, but I'm not going to dig that deep. And I'm just going off the fly on my head. I'm going to go with the the United States Championship match. It wasn't obviously. I know a lot of us were hoping for a little more with how many matches we've gotten from Styles and Owens, but I think Styles and Owens is. You know, obviously with the storyline backed up between it, it was one of the highlights of the night. Yeah, um, well, I unfortunately went to the beach. My girlfriend is a beach person. I personally hate the beach, but I love her, so I will. Um, <laughs> Brother, so I, 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 I watched the show at the beach. I, I didn't. Um, I watched it kind of like almost the way home. So the point where I tuned in was like around Natalia and Naomi. I've seen part of John Cena and Baron Corbin, but I was driving. If you're a police officer, I was paying attention to the road, but I could hear the match. So, um, <laughs> but uh, as far as the matches that matter to me, obviously I don't care about Cash and Big Show. I don't care about Randy Orton. I do care about Rusev. Who sold the hell out of that RKO? He is probably the best seller on the roster since The Rock. Yeah, as far as you 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 would have thought his neck was broken from that. Yeah, he that was pretty rough. Um, and but the the matches that that I would like to highlight is Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss. I would like to highlight uh the uh Baby Shield versus The Bar, um AJ Styles versus KO, the Fatal Four Way obviously, and we have to we have to acknowledge Ender Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura because the world was shocked that night. Well, it's your boy, so I would have expected nothing less from you. The Maharaja walks away with the title. I'm not going to lie, though. I was super surprised that he walked away with the title. I was like, all right, Jinder had a good summer. He had the title. He had a nice little uh, nah, uh, I'm going to cut you off right there. Do you really consider that a good summer? I mean, if I have the championship belt, I would consider it a good summer. All right. Let's... Let's not let's take you out of his boots. As a wrestling fan, as a lifelong wrestling fan, you consider what he's done with the WWE championship to be a good summer championship reign? Uh it's been decent. This could have been better. Especially talking wise, it, it could have been a hell of a lot better. But as far as how he's been winning his matches and getting over, I would say so. Battleground, the way he won it, I would say so. Um that's, that's, and that's not just because, and that's not just because we were in, attend- in attendance, but I yeah, feel, I, I feel like a lot I, of the way he's won his matches, like he's won them in Great Hill fashion, and I liked it, me personally. And, and I understand you're you're a fan of him, so you know, to each opinion is own. And I don't know if you you got to hear me last week uh, to, to point out, I I vividly, if you're a fan of him, what I would I give credit to anyone if you're a fan of him. An argument statement I would give anyone to run with is, you know, someone that didn't like him, they can make the argument, oh, he's had, and they could exaggerate because it's been three title matches against Orton, maybe four, but I'm pretty sure it's only been three. But anyone can just say, 
He's had the championship for X amount of months. He's defended against Orton. And then this is the perfect time to exaggerate. He's defended against Orton 14, 15, 30 times. Just to exaggerate. But I love the fact that if you are a gender fan, just to say, well, no, he's he's beat Orton and he's beat Corbin. And he beat Corbin clean. <laughs> and then and then now and then now it's like he's beat three different people in championship matches. And if you're a Mahal fan, the cash in last week by Corbin was the best thing that could have ever happened to a Jinder Mahal fan. And you know, you know, my friend, that I am not a, I respect what he's done physically and to rebuild himself. And I, what he's done to his physique, hats off to him. The fact that he's won the WWE Championship, there's only 50 different human beings to win that title. My hat is off. Do I think he's deserving of it? No, that's neither here nor there. But if you're a fan of him, I think that's like the, one of the greatest, the, the greatest thing to ever happen for a fan of gender was Corbin cashing in. The cash in he did it, it is brilliant for any fan of him. So I have a question. You're saying, you're saying that gender doesn't deserve the WWE Championship. However, on the flip side of the point, Brock Lesnar deserves a Universal Championship? So... Here, here's my argument to that, and I will answer it in two directions. I'll answer it equivalent to the argument I made to Ron several times on and off the air, more times off the air. Ron complains about Bill Goldberg recently winning a Universal Championship. Tragedy. M- more people listening to this will hate that I'm defending it than the, the, the fact that I'm defending Goldberg, uh, Brock Lesnar currently being the universal champion. The reason that bothers me less is, number one, both Bill Goldberg and Brock Lesnar are former world champions. Both of them have been to the top of the mountain. Now, Brock Lesnar, similar to Jinder Mahal, his first singles title was a world championship. However, it was right when Brock Lesnar debuted and he went straight to the top title within a year. He didn't flounder in a company for several years, get released, do nothing, do stuff in his, and no disrespect at all to India stay local to his native country, not build up a buzz in the indie scene in America or anything like that. He did. And again, I don't know, but whatever, I don't want to say is indie show or whatever, because they could be huge, but whatever wrestling promotion there is in India, that is what I'm hearing Jinder Mahal was doing back home while he was not with the WWE. Goldberg, on another hand, he was not active in pro wrestling at all. It seems like within the 24 to 18 months prior to re-signing with WWE, he laid a few spears into former Bullet Club member Luke Gallows. But he is a former United States and WCW slash World Heavyweight Champion. 
there's my argument. I, I don't see the wrong in that. That is similar to if anyone wants to argue that. I mean, th that's like arguing Triple H coming back and being a world champion again. And I'll make that argument any day of the week. Mm, I don't know. Not that, not that I like when that happens, but I see why they do it. Business sense. I see there being better business doing that rather than if people want to make the business argument of them doing it because of the three billion people in India. Uh, difference between Triple H and Brock. Triple H is actually there when he had the title. Um, when he got the title again, Brock isn't. He's he's here or there. Gender. He's, now, he's pretty much there. Like he, it's, now, my big issue with Brock holding the title of course. Is, is Brock isn't there. Of course, of course. And not of course, that, and I, I agree. I, I agree with that. And at the same time, I will point out a flaw in WWE where WWE has dropped the ball where Jinder Mahal, this has nothing to do against him, Jinder Mahal could have done more with the title, such as maybe having matches, not non-title matches on SmackDown. He could have been wrestling more. However, I also understand the old-school perspective of keeping the championship as a spectacle, keep it off TV, make it more important. But it's not off, I it's not off for months at, at a time. But, and I agree. And believe me, I'm one, of the, I'm one of the biggest firm believers. I remember when I first got into WWF as a six-year-old, I remember champions being stripped because they could not defend the title within a 30-day time fold. And if I'm correct, that's a 30-day time fold. And I'm probably going to be shy on this number, but I believe it took over 63 days for Brock Lesnar to defend his Universal Championship. Wow, they stripped so, Naomi for that for that yeah, stipulation like two or three months it, ago. It, dur during the same period almost. Yeah. Now, uh, and it, I don't think they used that rule against her because they, you know, she was injured and they they predicted she couldn't come back in time. So it, it's one of those, you know, argumentative things. But at the same time, you know, when you're talking about those guys now w with your argument, you just mentioned just to backtrack about, you know, Triple H being there, you know, he may have been there slightly more with the world title, but at the same time, he was already an Orn star, you know, an Orn camera figure right. with the authority. But by adding to my point, not only was it that he was there, but he was also in a feud of somebody that they were trying to build up, and which is what, like, Brock is starting to do now, which, I mean, I feel like the Goldberg thing was like, whatever, you're going to pay me a check to do this with him, I'll do it. But, like, I feel like now I can, I can, I can more so be behind Brock having the title because he's building up not just Roman at this point, but he's also helping to build up Braun. He's also helping to build up Joe. So, at this point of now where they are, I can see why he has the title, and it makes sense, and I'm not mad at it now. But prior to, well, they were doing trash with it. Since we're post this Monday, I'll make the argument and not be against it because we're talking about I just saw the advertisement that we're five weeks out from No Mercy. We have to wait five weeks. I was kind of, and you know, I'm not a big fan of how often these pay-per-views come around. However, at the same time, it's one of those things. It's like 
I got to wait five weeks. Okay, so you're giving me four more Monday Night Raws. I'll take four will more I see... to Monday Raw with Brian just destroying people and things. But when will I see Brock? So you're telling care. me I got to see Braun destroy... Yeah, because... That, that bothers me. It's the same... I mean, it does bother me, but at the same time, it's like Joe had to go through the same motions with, with Brock. He had to put everything over. So you're going to have to do the same thing with Braun because Brock's probably not going to show up every Of, of course, of course. And, and, and you know, I, I'm... I'm sounding like a hypocrite at the same time because that's that's my knock. That's my knock towards that's my knock towards Brock. However, I justify him as a champion. And again, I justified in the argument. And it's one of those things where if I look back when you look at, you know, um I guess one of my main arguments with any of these part-timers as champions is the fact that I can't see them. I can't see them on a weekly basis on TV. If I can't, if I, and I'm sorry, not even just on TV, if I can't see them perform, if they're not going to have a match, like, why care? Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so, you know, that's one of my things. Like, Triple H, when he, not when he was in, in the title picture, but he had that feud with Curtis Axel and he, Put him over, I think, via disqualification. That was a little different. Um, I mean, I, at this point, because I'm, I'm a huge Brian fan, especially at this point. Yeah, um, and he's definitely, I mean, after Saturday, I don't know who could not be a fan of him. I mean, I was before Saturday. I've been a fan of him for, for quite a few months now. Um, just, like, the fact that he's going to have to – they're gonna, he's going to have to get that time to have to have to put this match over. He's going to have to do something. He's going to have to do stuff. The guy can talk. He may not say a whole lot, but what he says is straight. It's to the point. And sometimes it's very comical, even though it may not be supposed to be. And it's one of those things, obviously, when you point out with Roman, the guys that don't talk too much, it seems to be their, their stronger suit. Yeah. I mean, like, Brian, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but I posted on the Matt Madness uh, Facebook uh, page, um, I guess they do this thing where they play basketball around SummerSlam every year. So it was like AJ Styles, Naomi, uh, Kofi Kingston, and Braun. And I feel it might have been somebody else. And they had to shoot one shot kind of close to the bucket. They had to shoot another one from the three, and then they had to shoot one from half court. Or shoot a bunch of them from half court, like a rack of balls. And, like, uh, Heath Slater's the one running it, and then there's some random referee who I forgot his name. And, like, Braun is the second person to shoot. So, Brian's walking up, and he's like, you know the rules? He's like, you shut your mouth. I don't like you, and I don't like basketball. I'm here. I haven't seen them, but they, I haven't seen that at all, but you would figure they would put that big mother, uh, you know what word. You, you you would feel like that's somewhere they need to put him with the, in, like, a football field, not a basketball court. Oh, I watched it, like, 15 times. It's hysterical. Like, he literally, like. Like, he was like, do you know the rules? Shut your mouth. I'm not here. I don't like you. I don't like basketball. I'm here because I'm getting paid. And he's like, all right. <laughs> so then, like, they're like, go. So Brian literally takes all the racks of basketballs to the half-court line and just starts launching them, not even care if they go in or not. And then, like, once I got to check he, that out. Once it's done, he just, like, walks out the gym. Like, it's, it's so hilarious. So it's just like, this dude is so over right now, especially for me. Like, he's super over. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's, we can talk about that match real quick. Uh, pop fest, straight up, fatal four way for the title. Pop fest, period. Definitely, definitely a pop fest. There was a lot going on. 
Um, and again, re-listening to your most recent episode, uh, you know, your, your solo episode you did, uh, episode 11, I know your, your favorite was Samoa Joe and your, you know, your dark horse as you worded it would be Strowman. obviously neither of them being right. What was your thoughts during and after the match? During it was, I, I mean, knowing that who was all in the match, I was like, all right, this is definitely going to be a dope match. There's no way. Like, if you messed this up, WWE, then I don't know what to say to you guys. Like, there's no way <laughs> I, you really I, messed this up. It, accurate. It was one of those things where it's like, you know, if they messed it up, you um, in, in words of Ron, it was one of those things where it's like, I almost, you almost want to consider unsubscribing to the network, not tuning in a Raw, like, how do you mess this up? Well, I, I don't know if I said this on record or not, but I, like I might have said this to my girlfriend. I was like, if this is terrible, like I am going on strike from WWE. I'm not watching it for at least two weeks, like, <laughs> except for the May Young Classic. That's the only thing I will watch, like because there's, I'm, I'm like, you have the four biggest monsters in your company. If this does not work, you guys, all the writers need to be fired. Vince needs to take a vacation. I don't. Triple H just needs to be put in like put in charge like something has to change like if they mess this up like Vince McMahon loves big sweaty men according to uh, King Ross from What Culture and you have the four biggest sweatiest men in your company in this match and it's like if you do not let them do amazing things in this match you guys are trash period but being that I'm watching the match and after the match it was just it was amazing it was a pop fest Braun is still throwing computer chairs at people with, with very less effort and I just thought it was amazing. I thought it was great. I thought I was super surprised that, you know, Brock would let Brian put him, you know, put Brian over by going through the two tables and the whole structure bit. Um, I just thought it was super amazing. It was a great match. It's definitely a way to end SummerSlam. I mean, my personal perspective, at least towards Sherman, how could you not love and appreciate all three table spots? I mean, by the time he did the second running power slam through the second table, it was like, He's Holy shit. Like, what the hell is Brock going to do? And, you know, not only am I personally in a 2017 WWE, you know, booking fashion, not only am I surprised that they're doing two table spots, but it's the same two guys doing the same move. And then Brock, it's one of those things. And um, for our listeners, You'll hear me on our weekly episode put this over. I mean, the way the way Brock sold the move, yeah. I actually thought he was hurt. hurt. Yeah, he threw he, he threw uh, the X up. He changed. I you know the guy's known for always changing colors, but I mean, he, one second he's he's a dead fish. The next second he's a watermelon. The next second he's a grape, and then the next second he's throwing up an X. It, like, is this guy dying? I yeah. did not know what was going on with him. I loved it. I bought in. They threw him on a stretcher, and I got excited. Oh, We're guaranteed a new champion. champion. My my eight-year-old son is jumping on a bed, and he's like, Eric, you're wrong. We're <laughs> going to get we're gonna get Roman Reigns as a champion. I'm hoping for Joe. Braun is obviously going to be man. the winner. I want Joe to win. He wants Reigns to win. Strowman's obviously going to be the winner. The guy who's supposed to retain is gone. The guy who's supposed to retain comes back. He lays everyone out. My biggest complaint, and this may be me being biased, I wanted Joe to win personally in my heart. 
people will argue. I've argued this with my son. My son thinks Roman looked the weakest ending this match. My opinion, I thought Joe got the least bit of offense. The match was entertaining in a story perspective, and I know my good brother Prep will say in a story perspective, this was the best match of the night, you know, going into it, the storytelling during the match. Um, Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, I'm completely, I was over by the time it ended. I was was definitely happy with what I got out of it. Um, Let's uh, wrap it. And to the other ones real quick, AJ Styles KO. What else can you say? Amazing match. Shane McMahon. He didn't. He didn't ruin it for me. Not to say that he would have, because Shane does great things. But um, I get. I guess the main thing to take away from this match is obviously at some point we're going to get KO versus AJ. When do you prospect, uh, predict K- that being? KO versus Shane. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, if I, I probably misworded that. I don't know, and it's tough to gauge these type of things now because some stuff is like, all right, we may see it at this big event, and the WWE yeah. goes, nope, you're going to see it at this smaller one. So uh, it could be at the next pay-per-view. It could be, what's the next What's the next big four, uh, Survivor Series? Survivor Series, I would guess. Um, I don't I don't trust WWE writers to write this thing out that long and actually be good. Um, so me personally, I would probably say give it a few weeks we go into the next pay-per-view with it. So you're thinking um, the next solo SmackDown one? I would think so. I would hope so. And, and you would think that would be the smart way for for booking, at least. I don't trust the writer to stretch this thing out long enough and have something good with it. I really don't. Not trusting the writer sounds like something your cousin Aaron would say. I don't. I, I do with something as good as this. I don't trust them to write it out that long. Like even with AJ and Shane, like I was like, please do this right. Don't stretch it out too long. Don't have it too short. Get it just right enough so when we, when we see the match, like we're hyped about it, and we're not like this is going to be crap. So I, if it if it's the next pay per view and they're able to get a great storyline in in time for that, then do it. Then I don't trust them to get to do this as long as as far out as to what Survivor Series is. Like I just don't trust them to do it at all. I I couldn't agree more. So um, but uh. I don't know. I guess AJ Styles. I haven't seen SmackDown yet. I watched it tonight, so I'm guessing he's gonna have something with Rude, right? No, actually, I mean it, it goes it goes into uh, Rude. Actually, uh, he's booked into a jobbing match. He um, he he goes over on Aiden English. Um, you get teased by the fact that he would be AJ Styles' um, open U.S. Challenge opponent. Um, KO comes out. He's the one challenging for it. Um, basically, Shane gets involved, and KO gets a pick, a special guest referee. He goes and seeks out Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, in segments later, declines the offer. He then, the fashion police solicit him. The He shoots down the fashion police. Baron Corbin says he's the guy for the job as long as if he wins, he's the first contender for the title. Kevin Owens corrects him. He says, when I win, when I win, I'll give you a title shot. So it goes on to um, Shane stopping Corbin from, uh, I don't want to say shady shady tactics, but basically some shady tactics going on during the match um, by KO. 
and Shane taking over Styles wins, and this is going to push us forward to that Shane KO match. Word. All right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what Styles goes after this. Uh, KO and Shane, I'm with it. I just don't want them to do crap with it. Um, so that's pretty much my take on that. I got the match out of them that I wanted. I'm glad. These are my two favorite guys besides uh, Braun and Joe. Um, on the main roster right now, um, Seth has fallen from grace with me. Um, not because of bad things, just because they're doing not a lot with him. At least tell up until this point, they've kind of floundered him a little bit. But um, yeah, so I was super happy that they faced each other. I wish they would have gotten off more of their indie move sets, but you know, in WWE they protect them a lot. So unfortunately, we didn't get a lot of the the crazy move sets that they that they have. Um, but are unfortunately, which I think is everyone's gonna say is disappointing. Yeah, absolutely, because their movesets are crazy outside of the WWE. Like what they, I mean, and you guys, you know, do your Googles and YouTubes. You can go and look, uh, search Kevin Steen, AJ Styles, and look at their indie work. And it is House of Hardcore Five. It is, it is beyond what we're getting in WWE. Um, beyond. So uh, we can move in the Shield versus the Bar. Well, what a match! And you know, as much as. My brother Prep will want to say the Fade Four Way had the best story of the night. I mean, what a story! I mean, what could you more get emotionally invested in? Um, the match was great. There was a great spot that you would expect in a tag match. It's a, it's one of those things. You know, I I made a question to my peers or Matt Madness months ago about our Monday Night Raw main events overrated. Because I thought they are, and I thought I was going to be the outcast. And I wasn't when I asked that question. This is what you would expect from a top-tier Monday Night Raw match, but so much better. I mean, you have the stupid Brooklyn crowd with the beach ball. You have Cesaro going in there and ripping to shreds the beach ball. You have the in-sync, you know, dual suicide dives through the ropes you have the feel-good moment of them winning with the, you know, them winning the belt. And to you and to my brothers all in the Matt Madness Network, my my favorite, you know, one of my favorites, uh, Dean Ambrose being, I believe it's the number 18 or 19. I know it's less than 20, but he is, I believe, the 18th man to become a uh, Grand Slam winner. So hats off to him. And the youngest, I believe. Is he the youngest to do it? I, I, oh, I, I gotta check that. I think he's the youngest too. You could be right. You could be I right. I think he's right. the youngest to do it too. Um, and Seth's not too far behind. I think he has one more that he has to get. Yeah, um, him, him and uh, him and Reigns both got to win. I say. Yeah. So um, which. I'm but gonna... as as I mean, there's one of those things. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys. I mean, Cena needs I say, and obviously we've seen how long he's been around. So those are, those are both happening. Those, those for sure will happen. I'm not even surprised at that. Um. Cena, that may come soon, actually. I, I feel like eventually he'll get to the Miz, um, especially since he's on Raw now. Um, but um, mm-hmm. I'm super happy that, you know, they bought Dean and Seth together because, like, I've definitely said, like, for the past couple months, like, they've been doing nothing, especially Dean. I feel like Dean has super fell from great since losing the title. Um, I don't really care much for Cesaro and Sheamus, um, so I definitely wanted Seth and and Dean to win. I love how Seth came out looking like Firestorm 
and you know Dean looked like he, <laughs> he went to the store to get a carton of eggs and forgot that he had a match, so he just showed up and whatever he had on. So, uh, <laughs> so. I, 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 again, I'm I'm biased because I'm a fan of him, so I I like that he showed up in a new hoodie. Oh yeah, like and him. uh at, like at the, the same time, R- Rollins Rollins showed up in a, his, his annual Power Rangers gear, so yeah. um yeah. I was a fan of it either way. Uh, Cesaro as a team, they they proved that they're great. Cesaro's clearly a phenomenal tag team wrestler. We saw what he did with Tyson Kidd. Yeah, Tyson Kidd. Uh, oh, my God. I'm, I really want to decide to come back. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I think we're, you know, as fans, we all got to accept that that's probably not going to happen. Um, Cesaro, I think it's one of those things where anyone that is a fan of him um, wants him to be a babyface. But he's so good as a heel. That team, Sheamus is clearly better as a heel. Um, Anyone that has anything to to say bad about him, I think my honest opinion, I'm starting to accept that if you don't like Sheamus, it's kind of like me not liking The Miz. Sheamus' heel work actually, I think, gets under people's skin. And people are going to argue this. No, he definitely gets a reaction. Yeah, definitely. Um, He's a great heel. And those two as a tag team, they're great. And I think whether it be um, two-thirds of the Shield, the Hardy Boys, any babyface team on the Raw, they're they're bringing the best out of them. And that was was a very weak statement for my part when I mentioned just two teams. (laughs) Regardless... I will. I will go to bat to say that you know they they do a good job. I think they need to build them up like again, like because I feel like they were against the Hardys for so long, and that story got so stale that I personally stopped caring about them. I just, the Hardys. I just think they do such a good job when they come out in the in heel fashion, which is what the revival should have did. And you know that's I don't want to say they were injury prone, but it was the injuries that led it to them not being able to do it. But when Cesaro and Sheamus come out and jump someone, you know something is going on. They go out there and they beat the crap out of people. They grab them. They throw them into the barricade. And, I mean, it does not look like a comfortable landing anytime it happens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, I like them both. I definitely do. Especially that they have some of the hottest T-shirts out there on the low. Like, their T-shirts are super underrated. Um, but, uh their work themselves is, I, I think, is a little underrated. Um, I like them, but uh, as of lately, because of their stuff with the Hardys, I've cared less. This match had it, it brought them back. Uh, de- definitely, you know, Cesaro whipping their beach ball like that. That was super over. But um, at least for me, anyways. Um, but I think that kind of more so got my eyes back on them again. Like, okay, like you know, what I mean, this is what I want to see from these guys. Like, and just having them against Dean and Seth, who have a little bit more of a exciting like i don't know i wouldn't say like not not so exciting as, other than our hardies but they're more to me a little bit more physical um if that's the word i'm looking for um so i was able to bring more out of shazara sheamus in this match but um but yeah i mean what yeah. um so I, I mean overall what what would you say i mean and it's one of those things, like we said before, breaking into SmackDown. And I, I, never mind. You know what? I'm cutting off Banks and Alexa, correct? Because I think that was the next wrestler we're going. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, that's that's pretty. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm happy with what happened. Sasha won the title. I, I'm I'm happy as well. And it's one of those things. I I know you 
are a big believer that Sasha needs obviously a long reign. I agree. I thought her first, second, and third reign, she deserved much longer than what accumulatively she got for all three. And I'm hoping that's what's going to happen with the fourth. But to go in somewhat of a different direction, I mean, you're overall, and it is so hard to say. When you're talking, you're comparing a two, a slightly over a two-hour show versus a 27-hour show of SummerSlam. I mean, and it's one of those things, like I was saying earlier, uh, it's one of those questions my son asked me. And I'm like, how the hell do I answer? Because there was three really good matches on SummerSlam, and NXT only had five damn matches. Yeah. I mean, do you have one that you enjoyed more over the other, or do you have one you favor, or is it is it easy? Is this not is is it hard for you? It's hard for me. Is uh, it different for you? I feel like even with the most lackluster NXT, which probably was earlier this year, if not late last year, I still enjoyed that more than the main roster product the next day. And I so, so I felt like that. So it should be easy. It should be easy to say that you enjoyed. You enjoyed um, Brooklyn, or you enjoyed Brooklyn NXT three over what what we received for SummerSlam. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I I would say that, especially with like the non traditional. Not that I don't dislike it, because I know I got a pop for it when Bobby Roode showed up, and and I said this earlier on where I knew who he was because of highlights and clips I've seen on YouTube via TNA, and I didn't watch his TNA stuff, but I knew who he was. I knew the guy had a look, and I knew he could fit a build. And I was like, okay, cool. There's something they got here. And I was like, you know what? I'm really hoping with Adam Cole being from the same state, I hope they can book him right. I don't want to just see this normal, typical Oh geez, there's someone front row. We heard of this guy. He's in the Indies, yeah, and they yeah. did they did the right thing. Oh, so man. overall, I would say NXT was better. Um, yeah. I, that I moment think alone if, is better than SummerSlam. Listen, well, I I swear, and I almost started this podcast off this way just because it was my first um, first time on your show. I almost threw a microphone over my wife, and she would have probably have said that. She probably hasn't been around me watching an NXT show in at least two years and she asked me the next morning why the hell because she slept in a different room with our daughter that night she was like why the hell were you making so much damn noise i oh, thought you didn't even know what was going on oh, and i was I'm, I'm in there popping with my son like during matches during spots during debuts during repackages i mean it, it was definitely uh, you know it's one of those things uh definitely i I'm yeah. going to say it now. I, I agree. NXT was definitely an overall better show. I mean, just analyzing it, I mean, McIntyre gets it. So, Prep texts me. He's like, so do we see Cole? I'm like, I'm guessing. I'm like, I don't know. He's like, the worst, isn't he? Yeah, so, like, when, he, when, when McIntyre <laughs> wins the title, I'm like, okay, okay. Then they pull out the little logo on the side. I'm like, okay, we're going to get one of these, possibly. I, I so, then I, see, then I see Red Dragon in the corner. I'm like... Huh. I'm like, all right, Red Dragon's in the corner. Bro. This is different. So I'm like, maybe they're just going to attack watch- everybody. I'm watching this about 45 minutes late. I'm watching this off of the Amazon Fire Stick. Like, all right, it's over. I guess this is one of those. And I, I was like, oh, it's one of those network exclusives that happens afterwards. Or maybe there's just a promo. 
Or maybe it's like NXT talk rather than uh, talking smack. And then all of a sudden it's happening. And I'm like, wow, this, this is cool. Because at first this I was is cool. thinking like, okay, Red Dragon is going to be the thing right now. They're going to attack everybody. They're putting everyone on notice. And then I'm looking at yeah. the crowd and I just see a rock. It's like I see people getting more and more and more and more louder. And then, you know, he goes towards the corner. Bam. Somebody hits him. I'm like, that's Adam Cole. I know it's Adam Cole. They show Adam Cole. Oh, my God, it's Adam Cole. What? This is crazy. We're Red Dragon. My girlfriend comes out the room. She's like, what are you yelling at? I'm like, this is so dope. This is so dope. And she's like, what? I'm like, you wouldn't understand. But I'm like, this is so. And so like, when I say Adam <laughs> They Cole, never will understand. They never when I will. I Adam Cole, baby, because I say it a lot. She, like, immediately rolled her eyes and, like, went back into the room. So, See, so so I I always got to flip it to my son. So since I've always been a Dudley Boys Mark, um, my son Troy is Bubba Troy. And then so what this weekend, it was Bubba Troy, baby. I like it. My man. I like it. I like it. But it was just a, it was a huge pop moment for me. And I just felt like. SummerSlam, I don't care what y'all do. It's going to be hard to top that for me. Uh, or anybody who who knows Red Dragon. Especially me. I'm more of a Bobby Fish fan in Colorado. Sorry, Derek. But I am. But them together. I love both of them together. And with Adam Cole. Oh, man. This is this is crazy. So, I pop for that. Super pop for that. But um, moving on. We can touch some of the Raw SmackDown stuff. Nothing too crazy. The only thing I have really amazing to say about either show. Brown attacking Brock was great. Uh, Miz ripping Cena in range of shreds was great. His oh, that mom. didn't put you to sleep like it put me to sleep? Oh, hell no. It was amazing. He got cheered for that. He did, but you know the funny part is? As much as I hate him and as much as you and as much as Aaron and as much as Ron and as much as Prep and every other jabroni loves him, guess what? That promo is gonna go nowhere. Hmm. I bet you different because they got him a match with Joe, who, who, who sold his little promo at the end, uh, telling him, telling them pretty much their role in the match and what to do. Um, another interesting point I will say about Raw is Alexa mentioning Sasha never successfully defend, defending the title, and I never really noticed it until she said it, and I was like, "Damn, this is very true." And this it, is how they booked her. It's definitely it's definitely strong for at least Alexa's point of view. Yeah, I mean it's it's I don't know, but it but it it, it makes me fearful because like all right, they're mentioning this, so either she's gonna lose it or they're gonna go the opposite way. She she's gonna keep it. Um, which it, even having that thought in my mind that either way could happen, even though obviously either way can happen, but the fact that that thought is in my mind is like it's gonna put more pressure on me watching the match next week when they fight. But um, on another note, Big Cass is injured, torn ACL, out nine. Yeah. Oh man, I, you know what? How many mixed emotions can there be about that? Um, I'm not mixed. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't want the guy hurt, but I feel like this is a blessing in disguise for him because I feel like they rushed him into a singles thing. They they can't even get the guy's music right. Like he's had two, two, two and a half songs maybe already, and they both been trash. Um. So and like, I, the thing with Enzo and and Big Show, it's been unappealing except for when Big Show punches him. 
Like it's like I feel like it's a it's a blessing in disguise, and that he'll get a chance to get repackaged to rehabilitate, and he'll come uh, back better than what he is now. There, there's nothing good that came out of that, and and of course, no one. I, mean, I don't want the guy to be injured. I'm I was not a negative or big cast at all. And this could be just so 2017 where stuff's different. I don't want to say attitude era because this is as the attitude era is somewhat ending. But, you know, people like to say wrestlers get blackballed for um, getting injured. Am I the only one thinking that he this is not helping his career that on Monday Night Raw or on free TV – he doesn't finish the match. I mean, you don't think he could have signaled something to the ref or Enzo's laid on his back. He I could have dropped. Tactic, honestly, he, I, I, me, I'm sitting here. I, actually, I'm not going to lie. I'm watching Monday Night Raw a day late. I've already seen the rumors online. I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, he's seven feet tall. He has a empire elbow. He's seven foot tall. Drop your stupid elbow. Pin the guy. Where that doesn't work, uh, put the guy in a sleeper hold. Make him tap out. And again, I know I'm throwing out tactics that may have be too complicated. But at the time, I'm watching this and I'm like, "Oh, uh, Joe Laugh will hate this, but Triple H wouldn't have rolled out of the ring and ended the match. Triple H would have finished the match." Um, There are so many wrestlers back in my day or, you know, some of our older listeners days that would have finished the match. And I think in the long run, unless stuff has changed so much backstage where if you're hurt, you know, you really, really, really got to stop, which, you know, a lot of the podcasts say that's the case. I, I think this is one of those things that will hurt Big Cass more than it will help him. I think it'll help him. Like, because it's nothing but time all people will kind of forget. And then he'll come back and he'll be repackaged and hopefully better repackaged with definitely a better thing. And, you know, more something that we can more so sink our, sink our teeth into when it comes to. As long as he leaves the chin strap back with this injury, I'll get behind him. Well, I mean. Doesn't matter to me. I would rather go to SmackDown and be with Carmella because that's who he's dating. But you know, we can't all win everything. Anyway, no, we can't. Moving to SmackDown, two things really that I know of and that I care about: Bobby Roode's debut, cool. But Shelton Benjamin is back. I've been waiting since they rumored it, and like I said, I haven't watched it yet. But I am so so waiting to see that part. I'm sorry. I think I misheard. You're so looking forward to which part? Shelton Benjamin. Now that, and again, uh, being I was started that I guess about an hour and a half late. That is something to look forward to. That is something to be excited about. I was disappointed. The guy actually has aged. I didn't think he would have looked as old as he did. Why well, no? Or ma- maybe, maybe it's just that. Um, maybe it's just that. You know, the people around him just look so young. Um, no, he's aged. I'm excited for it. He's definitely aged. Um, he's definitely yeah, aged. Yeah, Chad but... Gable, I guess, just being so young. Chad, Chad Gable and him next to each other. Chad Gable being so much shorter. But it is one of those things you, you can only... Uh, I just hope he's... You know, he's the storyline going forward, he's going to be in a tag team with Chad Gable. I'm 
still pissed um, that they moved Gable, they moved Jordan to Raw, and neither Shelton nor Kurt are doing Team Angle 2.0. Or the world's greatest so, tag team 2.0 with him leading them. But I don't know. Or maybe that's There's only only room to complain with anything that they're doing with I guess all four or five of those guys. Yeah, it's just too it's just too good for us fans, I guess, WWE. But anyway, uh moving on, I wanna know your thoughts because this is a big fight week, as you should know. Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. We've talked about this for months, especially on this show. And mm-hmm. I want to know. Yeah, your, I've been listening to you guys. I want to know your thoughts, sir, on one who you think will win and why. All right. So I'll try to keep this shorter than the topic normally goes on your show. Um, who do I think will win? I think Floyd is going to win the match. Uh, I think Floyd should no doubtably win. Um, I do not want him to win. I would like Mayweather or McGregor to win. Um, Not because I'm an avid McGregor fan, just because again, again, it's one of those things with pro wrestling where I said when Jinder Mahal won, and again, I'm not trying to compare the two. uh, When Jinder Mahal won the Punjabi prison match, I said he won because of the surprise with Greg Holly. If he won because I was surprised, I'm okay with that. Anytime you surprise me, I'm I'm behind it. Besides that, I'm always a fan of an underdog. There's no reason why an MMA fighter should be able to beat a pro boxer in a boxing ring. We have a boxer versus an MMA fighter in a boxing ring in a boxing match. The MMA fighter should not win. Mm-hmm. The boxer is 49 and up. The boxer should win. In a boxing match, the MMA fighter is O and O. O and O and O, if you even want to be more precise. So at the end of the day, again, I say Mayweather should win. I am going into this fight this weekend. I am rooting for Mayweather. I'm sorry, I'm rooting for McGregor. I want McGregor to win for the shock value. My barber that cuts my hair um, he's not a Mayweather fan. Every time Mayweather goes in there to a fight, he roots against him. This weekend, he's rooting for Mayweather. He's an avid boxing fan. He loves the sport of boxing. He's several years younger than me. His father was into boxing. His grandfather was into boxing. He wants Mayweather to win for the integrity of boxing. Again, call me ignorant. I like the idea of a MMA fighter coming in and being able to do the unthinkable and beating a undefeated boxer, a boxer that has won 49 fights and never been beaten. That is something that it's one of those things. It's once in a lifetime. I'm me sitting here at Not 26 so years. What's that? Not so much these days. There's a uh, there's rumblings that Steve Miocic wants to fight Anthony Joshua. So if this happens, there's a possibility that that could happen too. And, and again, it's one of those things. I mean, people people can make the argument about you know whether whether you're talking about you know sports entertainment, whether you're talking about basketball, baseball, football. 
Everyone almost wants to make the argument that everything is fixed these days. I don't, I'm not getting involved in any of those arguments. We, we are on a sports wrestling, uh, a wrestle, pro wrestling sports entertainment podcast, which is one of the most discussed about things about how it's fake. But at the same time, people always want to talk about how boxing could potentially be fixed. And then we have the scandals constantly within MMA about these guys and how good they are. But then all of them get tested positive for steroids. And again, I am not here on your podcast to discuss that. But the idea that someone from one field can go into another and win that and how there's a similar fight that could happen months, years down the road. These are two guys that are similar. These are two guys that have similar personalities. And I'm not talking about what's in their bank accounts, but they live some similar lifestyles. I'm excited for the fight. I have not been this excited for a boxing match in five years. Uh, I'm more of a, you know, I, I looked more forward to Pacquiao in his prime. Go, and, and, you know, again, that's neither here nor there. This, this, this is going to be an exciting weekend. Um, is there anything, and again, I've listened, and of course your listeners have listened to you on this topic. Is there anything new that you got on the forefront of this? I'm just intrigued by, one, I'm intrigued that they are doing the UFC embedded uh, thing for, McGregor, for May, Mayweather McGregor which I found super intriguing. But at the same time, it's like if Showtime's going to get to do all access, then I don't see why UFC wouldn't do um, embedded for this. Um, I mean, nothing really. I'm just at this point, I'm ready to see it. I've been talking about it for a super long time. Me personally, I'm more excited for Canelo uh, versus Triple G. But this is the fight right now that we have. So until next month, this is the fight that we're talking about. Uh, My man. But... Um, nothing's changed. I think Mayweather's going to win. I'm a fan of both fighters. Uh, more of the likely I'm just going to sit back and watch what happens. But I'm yeah, something I respect about you, and I know you like both guys. You're one that looks at you know the you know the the pros in both sports. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, it's definitely a crossover fight that a lot of people didn't either think would happen or want to happen. Me personally, I'm super excited that it happened. It's I'm just, I'm just at this point waiting. To, I'm really wanting to see how it pans out and what happens. Yeah, so I'm just ready, you know, to see what happens at this point. But um, I'm also upset because Miguel Cotto is fighting the same night at 9:45 on HBO, and I feel like that is a terrible move for HBO to do that. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I think that almost any, it's one of those toss ups, and again, where I'm just trying to look at it in the perspective of a boxing fan, where. <clears throat> I think any boxing promoter should be looking at that as, hey, my true boxing fans will be watching this. And then at the same time where business smart people are going to be looking at it like, well, shit, if you are a uh, if you're smart, you're not going to put on a promotion that night because of what actually is going to go. You know, that that's where everyone's money is going to be. Everyone's going to watch McGregor and Mayweather. Everyone wants to know what's going to happen as history. It's once in a lifetime. Yeah, so I, I just felt like that was super stupid for HBO to do that, but whatever. Um, let's talk a little Lucha real quick. Just, you know I mean? Not super in-depth. I just want to know, uh, one, who's your favorite character, and what has been your favorite match uh, out of the Lucha Underground stuff that you watched? Wow, 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 wow. Such a good question. Okay, so um, 
Jeez, 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 jeez. Okay, so what I can take away from Lucha Underground that I have seen in about a season and a half, I guess I have to say Pentagon Jr. has been my favorite character. <sighs> Am I wrong for saying that? I mean, the matches I've seen, he's been, uh, Phoenix has been great. Um, pretty much all the luchadors you've seen in there is great. Um, John, Johnny Mundo has done phenomenal in there as well. Um, oh, geez, I, I would be terrible if I didn't mention um, Ricochet. What's Ricochet in there? Uh, Prince Puma. Nice Prince one. Puma is so good. The uh, Boyle, Boyle Heights Street Fights, um, some of the all-night-long matches, which are basically their Iron Man matches, Th- those have been great. Oh, man, to pick a match that has been the match that... Oh, I want to say my favorite match I've seen would have been one of the street fights. And I'll, I'll be honest, on the, on the fly, I cannot say who was in it. I want to say Phoenix was in the match that I saw. If it wasn't Phoenix, it was Drago um, that was in the match that I thought was the best. Okay. But it was definitely a street fight. It had one of the. It was one of the nights where they had the spot where they dropped, jumped off of the, um, or in um, Dario Cueto's um, office. It was amazing. Dario Cueto is amazing. He's probably the most underrated promoter in wrestling right now. He is yeah. amazing. Violence. Yeah, def- <laughs> but um, for me, obviously, he, he reminds me of my uncle. So that's always the funny part. I wish I had an uncle like that. I would hang around. All the time. <laughs> But, uh, I'll bring you to a family party soon. But uh, my favorite character, by far, everyone knows, is Pentagon Jr. Period, point blank. Um, I my second favorite is Taya. Uh, maybe Mundo third, maybe, but definitely those two. But um, Pentagon definitely my favorite. My favorite match. Actually, I have a favorite episode because all my favorite matches are in that same episode, which is Pentagon Jr. versus the Black Lotus Triad. Uh, he just, I mean, one, he, he wrestled three women all in the same night and they all, all three matches were just super, super dope. Um, outside of that, I'd probably say him and Vampiro and the, uh, I, uh the Seto Metal match they had, that was super dope to me. Was that their first match? Uh, I don't know if they've had more than one. I'm just assuming. That's the only one that I know of them two having. Was that season one? Uh, see the season one or season two. But I know was that Vampiro. was that before was that before uh, Vampiro was announced as his um, as his mentor or his master? I think that might have been before. If it was before, then yeah, I know the exact match you're talking about. And, and now, mind you, for you know not- your loyal listeners. I, again, I'm only halfway through the season. I haven't even. I'm, I'm halfway through season two. I haven't seen Mysterio in a match. If that explains a little bit to anyone or how little I've seen, I'm pretty sure I know what match you're talking about. Um, that was actually something, and I've mentioned this to the Falls Count Anywhere guys. Derek, Derek and me have been in extensive conversations about me you know, trying to figure out. I was so excited. I, I used to annoy the hell out of Derek, you know, I think up until episode 20 of season one. Like, yo, I saw this happen. When's this happen? Because I remember I got hooked on it on Facebook and I watched like an episode and a half. And this was when when the original stuff happened with um, Vampiro getting involved. And, and yeah, I know exactly the match you're talking about. And it was a great match. If anyone hasn't seen it, uh, I believe this 
I don't want to say it's the season finale, but it's probably like the third to last Matt, uh, yeah, episode or in season one. Yeah, I just know Vampiro came out with like the whole Pope outfit on. And, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, and you know, they almost killed each other. But um, De- Definitely good. It was a, you know, crazy hardcore match. But those are my favorite matches and whenever I get on false count anywhere and they ask me, I'm pretty sure those will be the matches that I say. <laughs> I know those are the matches that I'll say. Um, Alright, last topic that I, I want to get into. Um, uh, I don't know. Have you been paying attention to any of the, the uh, stuff surrounding the May Young Classic? So the May Young Classic, I haven't. I, I watched some of the. Um, I watched some of the promo work for it. I'm trying to want to watch it all together. I do believe it just started. What was it? Was it this past week? They just started airing some footage for it. Yeah, they've aired. Well, they've aired the bra- they've aired the bracketology for it, um, and just kind of interviewing some of the ladies that are involved. In so. I started the episode one for the bracketology, and then my um, my network started botching on me, so I haven't got fully invested in. Obviously, after Icons of Wrestling, and you know, being a, a big fan of the Legion of Doom, Paul Ellering, who is the original, you know, the, the manager for the Road Warriors, uh, I'm invested to see what his daughter Rachel Ellering's going to do. Tessa Blanchard is a goddess. I mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to keep this PJ, but I mean, she, I, I'm going to leave the listeners' uh, imagination to, to think what I could say after that. Um, there, there's a lot of beautiful women going into this, and it's not, again, this is not 10 years ago, WWE. These women are talented. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do in the ring, and I do believe within the next couple of weeks this will be reviewed on the uh, Matt Madness channel. Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to cover it. I don't know if somebody else wants to cover it with me, do a mashup, whatever, so on and so forth. I'm down, guys, um, whoever wants to do it, because I'm definitely going to be paying super close attention to this. But um, me personally, I'm super geeked about it because a lot of these women, I've gone back and YouTube a lot of their matches. I have a folder on my laptop that says women's wrestling that I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, if not half, majority of these women are in that folder with matches, probably against each other or against someone else who's not even in of this tournament, which lets you know that there's a plethora of women out there that who are not even in this tournament who are, like, super dope. Um, and Triple H kind of puts it over at the end saying, like, you know, like, this stuff is out there, and, like, it's yeah. out there because they only have 32 competitors. They could have yeah. easily chosen. And like he said, he said um, he was only thinking 16, and then, like, once he's seen the amount of stuff out there, he was like, I can easily do a 32. You could have easily yeah. probably done a 64, bro. Like, yeah, there's definitely. so many women out there. there and when you say dope. 64, it's almost like it's it's like something you said 10 plus minutes ago. Like, why didn't Taya make this? Taya should have been on there without yeah, a doubt. I'm sure they could have gotten around the contract or, or whatever she's involved in right now and got her a part of yeah. it. Our own, our friend of the show, Vanity, she could have got involved. Uh, Sonya Strong, another person who I put over on the show, could have gotten involved. There's mad people out there who like could have gotten the experience at least. And been on and involved in this tournament, they could have easily done like well up into the sixties with this. But you know, everyone will have their timing, and you know, yep. with the women that we have, we're still going to see amazing things. Definitely, definitely. So, um, with all that being said, we're going to get into the straight fire questions. Uh, this is what I've been looking forward to. All right, so these are very uh, 
they're, they're harder than what people may think. Trust me, I, I, I've done it on the uh, on the episode before last. They're not as easy as I'll, they I'll be honest, for your listeners, anytime I've been listening to your show over the past several months, anytime it gets to this topic, I always fast forward because I've been looking for my opportunity to be more in the show, and I do not want to know what I'm supposed to expect. Yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's intense. <laughs> now, how many is it? 12, 10, 5? It's 10. 10. Okay. It's Let's 10. get it. All right. So, Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair? Hulk Hogan. Wait, wait. Time out. Is there any any is there any background or I'm just it's just a yes or it's just one or the other? Oh, no. You I definitely want to know background behind why you choose Hulk Hogan cuz I think you're the first person to choose Hulk Hogan. All right. All right. Oh, so can okay. no background on why? I, I I just as a household name. Um I'm going to say Hulk Hogan because I think overall, if anyone has to say who's a more famous name, you're going to say Hulk Hogan. Um, who is a better in-ring? Ric Flair. Who is a better promo? Ric Flair. Jeez, I don't want to take this road. Who is a better human being? I'm going to say Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Um, there, are, there are people that are going to run both people's name through the mud and give neither human being shine. Mm. Um I don't know about I think, that. I feel like you'll run Hogan's name to the mud more than Flair. Flair has a third familiarity coming out for Christ. I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I've heard a few people run Flair's name. And again, believe me, this is coming from someone that <laughs> I've had my name ran through the mud more than anyone out there. So, uh, well, I'm sorry, non-celebrity-wise. But, yeah, so um, – but again, I'm going to go – if you go over the, the topic of pro wrestling – I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Hulk Hogan. You know, his his name's obviously more famous. It obviously means more in the long haul. So again, Hogan. All right, Goldberg or Stone Cold? <clears throat> Stone Cold. No surprises there. Right. <laughs> Say it again. So no surprises there. Right, there you go. Uh, NWO or DX? Degeneration X. I chose NWO, and that's funny because you chose Hulk Hogan for that, but. Me being well, a, a whole guy, I, all an Ash guy, that's why I chose him. Again, I, I, I choose Hogan because I'm a WWF guy. I mean, Hogan's WWF, Flair's WCW. Um, it, DX, I mean, again, you just asked me Austin versus Goldberg. Austin's my favorite wrestler of all time. When I got into Mind wrestling, as I got into wrestling, DJ, um, Shawn Michaels was forming D-Generation X. Uh, one of my older brothers was avidly a fan of Shawn Michaels. His number one wrestler was Shawn Michaels. I immediately made him one of my number ones. This is as the Austin era was going on. It it, it was a no-brainer. Austin was gold. I'm sorry, Shawn was gold. Triple H was gold with him. Triple H with X-Pac was gold. Triple H and X-Pac with China with the New Age Outlaws was even better. Degeneration X is the greatest faction of all time. They never got watered down. The New World Order did. End of story. Hmm. I, agree. I You know, that's a good argument. Not to, not to revisit that. Um, Trish Stratus or a leader? Trish Stratus. All right. Uh... I got to keep. I got to keep this PG so I I'm, can't argue. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I get it. Um, <laughs> I get it. Uh, Stinger the Undertaker. Undertaker. I'm not. I, yeah, I get that too. 
Paul Heyman or Eric Bischoff, I'm pretty sure I already know the answer to this one. Paul Heyman. Now, I will say as an asterisk, Paul Heyman is easy in that argument. Um, Ron Pastry is one of my best friends. I do not hate Eric Bischoff. If he spelled his name with a K, I probably would. But I do not hate him. Um, that is a podcast that one day we will get into, and I we will need you there for. But I, I don't hate him like a lot of people on this network does. I don't hate him either. Um, I, not I mean, me. personally, I don't hate him. Um, I feel like outside of the Monday Night Wars, I feel like the way he was. He got burnt out and was ousted in a sense, and then while back, I feel like he got dealt a bad hand with that. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like the even with Vince bringing him in, like I feel like you know I feel like he's a good guy. Even like not even because I met him, but because I just feel like he's a good guy, and he he definitely gave Vince his run for his money. Definitely, definitely. The way that he kind of burnt out and fizzled out is kind of. Like, and I, I just think he's not one of those guys like where I feel like, and again, because I know Ron's going to listen to us. I know, I know Ron hates Goldberg because he doesn't look like Goldberg was a wrestling fan growing up. But Eric Bischoff was a wrestling fan growing up. He worked his way up. He was in the AWA, I believe also the NWA. He made it to WCW. He did different things for promotions, and he made it to WWF. He obviously means something, and he obviously – contributed to this industry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my that's my end of story. Yeah, with he him. was no culture vulture for sure. Um definitely. Alright, next one. Person deceased or retired that you wanted to see win a world title but never did. I'm sorry, was this topic only to people that are deceased? Deceased or retired. <sighs> Man, is there a shot clock? Wow. Um I feel like I'm gonna. Con- I feel like there's gonna be a listener out there that's gonna be re-listening to something I said before and throw this back in my face. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, Owen Hart. Another one of my favorites, so I will not disagree with that at all. Uh, I'm just so I'm so happy to hear that name. Yeah, <laughs> really, uh, warms my heart. It, I I again, it's just no like it. I guess my main toss-up is Owen Hart and versus Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall. Despite his drug and alcohol issues, I feel like as much as I look back fondly at my age, 17 years post-WCW, I feel like, seriously, WCW was such a bad company. You couldn't have given him the world title, but again. Hogan was in the way, but anyway. I, I, I give it to Owen. I like that. Um, Matt Hardy version one or broken Matt? Man, I so uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna go with broken Matt. Mm, intriguing. Why? Now, now when I say that, now mind you, I'm a Jeff Hardy guy. Um, I, I was bigger on the Hardy Boys when I was a kid. Jeff was always better. The, the Matt gimmick was was great. The version one when he had who is it Shannon Moore as his lackey. And, um, he had the, he had the Matt facts on the side. What's the thing uh, with the dropped, hair that, I mean, with the uh, blonde hair that he had with him too. I, I thought that was Shannon Moore. I could be wrong. I most no, likely yeah, wrong. That is, that is Shannon Moore. Uh, my bad. Uh, I'm thinking uh, he had Helms with him at the time. He, he did that, and then you know he dropped he dropped weight. The promo is dropping weight. 
Enzo just debuted on 205 Live. Why Why couldn't he, why couldn't Enzo do the promos dropping weight to get to 205 Live? Well, he put it on a tweet or uh, Instagram that, that he yeah. did it. He said he, uh, he did something, he dropped weight, got on the scale, and then showed, <laughs> showed up at 205 Live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but at the end of the day, I'm going to give it to Broken because, the, you know, Broken Matt Hardy is what has made him most relevant. Okay. Um, shooting star press or five star frog splash? Talent wise, shooting star um, press, five star frog splash is going to be more famous forever. All right. And this is, this is the, the big one, the big kicker here. If you could build a stable with four wrestlers and a manager, who would it be? Wow. Okay. Four wrestlers and a manager. All right. Now, oh, four wrestlers and a manager. That's five total. All right. Okay. So, for my expertise, if you want to build a faction, need a little bit of the past, present, future, the then, now, and forever. Okay. So... All right, because I'm an advocate for this guy, I'm going to start this off. The faction would be built around Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose would be the head. He would be the guy going for the heavyweight title. You would then have secondary to him, which should be the guy going for the mid-card title slash IC title, as if, let's say, this was evolution. So you would have Dean Ambrose playing Triple H, and again, not in suits, but just for tier purposes. You would have Dean Ambrose for the Triple H role, Tony Nese playing the Randy Orton. You would have, if there's two more wrestlers, I would say as a tag team, you would put... All right, I'm going to give you Sami Zayn, and Zack Ryder repackaged as a tag team. Wow. And for the perfect faction, there's no better way to do it. If you're going to need a mouthpiece, I'm going to give you myself. Hmm. That is probably the most foolish thing I've heard on this, this, uh, this show. That someone used himself. <laughs> I, I just couldn't think of any better way to do it. Uh, I don't know how I even feel about that faction. Uh, I mean, on paper, it... It, it looks decent. I mean, you know, you know, Zach Ryder's got a little bit of the age to him. He's, you know, obviously going to help Sammy a little bit. Um, Tony Nese was going to be the future there. And uh, Ambrose is going to get the best shine he ever. And, you know, Nice and Ambrose, all their talking is going to be done by May. So premier athlete, premier manager, you know, insane wrestler, insane manager. It, it, you know, this just seems like money. Brian James is going to call me tomorrow. I can already hear it. I think it's going to be change. But anyway. <coughs> uh, man. So, this has been a great episode. Truly wonderful. A lot of content. Uh, <laughs> wow. We're, uh, we're nearing two, two hours. So, I think no, no better point to end it than here. Wow. Uh, we're going to say that uh, there's a a new episode of the Matt Madness Weekly Show that is out there. There's plethora of Fall Count Anywhere uh, episodes out there. It's there. These guys are steamrolling through episodes. 
it's hard to keep up sometimes. Greatest but, um, network in podcasting. Oh yeah, I only I only listen to Matt Madness. I only buy Matt Madness. Only eat Matt Madness products. Um, so pause. And uh, <laughs> what else can we say? <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure having you on here. Uh, another great heel in the business. Uh, so for Eric Exy Fly Trambicky. I appreciate you putting me on here, good brother. I appreciate it. No problem. It's been a long time coming. I'm finally glad. Well, that I'm glad we're going to do this sooner than later. One more time. Yeah, we have to do it again. Absolutely. But um, this your boy. The face of the hill. The mouth of the belt. The whole effing podcast. Don DiBiase, a.k.a. Donnie Wrestling. Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. The man of many nicknames. And this has been another episode of The Perfect Edge. And we are out. Top guys. Best in the world. But they don't know why I'm here. This is bigger than me. Yeah, I'm just making it clear. Give me the space in the clear. When you see I appear, got that black and white gear. And we in the fifth gear. And you know we don't care if they whip or they against. We don't mean to make offense, but yo, we mean with our offense. The scene is finna switch. My team got it on clinch. If the scene that you went green, then we gon' lean at your expense. This angle but has a twist. Just to hear one. For a real one, left lane deals for a real one, and they know the fake from the real ones. You hear that guitar riff, they switch up the stance quick. They think we want Hollywood, you can't understand it. You see who I stand with, my team is outstanding. We came with a plan, but see your plans with you handed. You hear that guitar riff, they switch up the stance quick. They think we want Hollywood, you can't understand it. You see who I stand with, my team is outstanding. We came with a plan, but see your plans plans with you handed.